listening to the Loving BDSM podcast, episode 258. Killer Lords here with the one, the only, the guy who's being very kind despite my chaotic energy today, John Bradstone. Yes. <laughs> yes to the chaotic energy or the kindness? Both. <laughs> I love Just you. trying to get through it and get to the other side. That's all we can do. That's right. all we can do. <laughs> today, we're talking about different relationships. We're going to try that again. We're talking about different relationship attachment styles and power exchange. Welcome to the Loving BDSM podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Friday for your kinky pleasure and education, and show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast. If you love what you hear, we'd love a good review wherever you listen to us. Let help other kinksters find us uh, if your podcast app does not allow reviews feel free to share a favorite episode uh you can follow the show on twitter at loving bdsm on fetlife at loving bdsm pc on instagram at that handle i will forever fucking hate loving ds on the number one that's loving ds one or on youtube at youtube.com slash loving bdsm where you can watch us live stream the podcast every wednesday all links are in the show notes a big shout out as always to our kinky patrons on patreon including our newest peeps we see you we love you we thank you for your time, attention, and financial support. Let's be real. Uh, If you would like access to extra content and a patron-only Discord server to chat about things uh, and just more access to us in general and this thing that we do, you can become one of our kinky patrons for as little as $2 a month. Uh, Go to patreon.com slash killalords. That's patreon.com slash killalords or use the link in the show notes. Do I know what words are today? No. No, I do not. No, you don't. That's kind of (laughs) scary. Okay, we're here. Um... We've got announcements. Um, let's see. I need my I need my notes. <laughs> there we go. We got notes. So uh, I don't. Good news first. Bad news first. I don't know how to do this. Um, one thing. This Friday, the day this podcast actually comes out, uh, the audio form, because uh, we're recording on Wednesday, is our monthly live stream hangout. Yes. That we used to do weekly in 2020. We now do monthly. It starts at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. If you are a podcast listener, the link to that, it will be in the show notes of the episode. Uh, YouTube folk. This is a good time to subscribe because then you like know when we go live. Um, and also, if you're a subscriber to our newsletter, I put the link in there as well. So you don't have to be a subscriber on YouTube to be able to come join. There's no topic. We don't we just hang out and and BS for however long we try to make it till at least midnight. I think mm-hmm. last month we actually made it longer than that. <laughs> Sometimes we're not feeling well and we don't make it to midnight, but we talk about whatever, everything under the sun. It just mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Um, so that is this Friday. Um, the other thing I want to remind everybody that uh, JB has a shop called The Kinkery and it exists. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything to promote right now. I will in a couple of weeks and I'm very excited about that. <laughs> You've been working very hard. Very hard. On getting that together. I'm sorry, you also can hear Lola scratching herself in the background. She's going to get her allergy shot tomorrow yes. to make that stop. Um, but The Kinkery is a thing that exists if you want paddles or canes or just a little fun stuff or whatever, mm-hmm. check it out, thekinkery.com. I just like to every once in a while remind people that you own it and it exists. Feel free. And if you subscribe to our newsletter, the Kinkery newsletter, Mm -hmm. you get 10% off coupon. There you go. And if you're a patron of ours, you get a forever coupon that's better than any sale we ever do. So, okay. So the third announcement, um, I will put timestamps in for um, YouTube watchers who want to skip all this stuff. Um, So over the weekend, we had to make mutually 
a yeah. decision that is kind of weird and kind of painful, and I don't even know how to talk about it. I'm going to try and just do it quick like a Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. Y'all have heard for weeks, and also if you've been around for a hot minute, literal years, uh, how much we love the Butters Lube, how much we love yeah. the Butters Hygienics Company. They had been regularly sponsoring um, our episodes every week. Uh, we actually had an agreement at the time to basically do that in perpetuity un- until one or both of us kind of went, now nah, we don't want to do this anymore. Um, and over the weekend, we made the decision that we were not going to do that anymore, that we were not going to promote the coupon code anymore, um, that the Butters Hygienics Company would no longer sponsor our, um, be allowed to sponsor our show. Um, and that would be because some things came to light on Twitter. Yes, Twitter is real, even though people want to go, that's not real life. Mm, really? Real opinions live there. Um, from Jerome, the owner of the Butters, um, on his personal account, things he had said that while anybody can say whatever the hell they want, free speech and all that, um, does are not things we're comfortable with. Things that made us very uncomfortable, yeah. things that regardless of the intent behind them, um, we're misogynistic, we're ableist, we're just not anything we want to be associated with. No, um, no. The thing is, nobody has canceled Jerome or the Butters. Uh, the Butters still exists as a company. Jerome still has his own personal accounts. He gets to say whatever the hell he wants to say. Um, his product continues to be an excellent fucking product. People will keep buying the product. We just don't have to promote that because right. that's not who we want to be associated with. And those opinions are not things that make us comfortable. Um, we made a decision years ago mm-hmm. that if we, after I made a bad decision on who to partner with then, <laughs> many, many years ago, uh, we made the decision that whenever we were partners with people, took advertising dollars from them, promoted their product, they had to be a company, a brand, a whoever, that we felt comfortable sending people off to go right. buy from. Um, and things we saw this weekend on on the Twitter uh, made us very uncomfortable. Um, and so we made that decision. Um, we will judge nobody if you continue to buy the product. If you're like, mm-hmm. fuck it, I don't care. That's cool. That That's your decision. We don't judge anybody for that. I will use what I have until it is done because a lot of it I did buy myself. And right. I don't have a replacement right now and I don't want to buy a replacement right now. Um, but, and I can't undo that there are almost six years now worth of podcast episodes where we talked about how much we loved the Butters and Jerome and the Lube. And it was a side of Jerome I'd never seen before. Although I had heard that that side existed, I had sort of just let myself not see. And um, yeah, I don't necessarily want to get into it. I'm not here to badmouth mm-hmm. Jerome. Um, I hope that he figures himself out. And yeah. uh, I hope he goes on to have a successful business and career. I think he will. The product's amazing. Um, but I'm. we will not be promoting it. Um, that's all I really want to say right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe if I have yeah. a few ciders on Friday, I'll say more. <laughs> that's, that's about yeah. all I want to say. Um, the th- I find the term influencer very, very cringy, but also that's the word. I People can't be influenced unless they want to be influenced. If you are not influenced by us, that's fine. We're not out here trying to influence anybody. Right. But also, I we recognize that we have a responsibility. When we tell you that some company or something is great, if you go to it because we told you to, that's about your trust in us. And we care more about you than we do about mm-hmm. brand partnerships. So we purposely are very 
particular about who we partner with. Um, no brand owner is perfect. No brand is perfect. We recognize that. Um, you know, everybody but, everybody makes mistakes. Nobody is is um, above making mistakes. But after it was brought to my attention, I saw some of the things that you know, reading some of the things, I came to you and was just like, you know, I. I, I don't think we can. It, it's it felt like a breakup. It was one sided. Yeah. I mean, the Butterside Jenks Company is a business. It's going to move forward. It's ultimately mm-hmm. going to be fine, I'm sure. Um, but I felt like I was breaking up with somebody. I had been Jerome's first affiliate. That mm. was the first yeah um, partnership that had been successful. It was on its way to being super successful. <laughs> Um, I'll need a few ciders before I talk about it more. So that is that on that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Onward and upward. Um, now, uh, we're going to get into the topic. Yes. The topic today is relationship attachment styles and power exchange. I want to put like about 85 disclaimers (laughs) here. One, um, we are not experts on this. This is actually a really new concept to me, I'd heard the term relationship attachment styles and attachment styles, but I never really dug into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am have few intentions of making any statements about what I think this stuff is. I literally just want to like explore it with you guys. Um, also, um, after you hear this episode or watch this episode, please do not send us an email saying that here's what my partner does. Do you think they have this attachment style? Don't know, don't care, not qualified, okay? (laughs) What I want, what I'm kind of hoping will happen is if you recognize any of the things we're about to talk about within yourself and or your partner, that it sparks something to maybe go look into it further, to maybe go Mm -hmm. learn more, to maybe, you know, not necessarily change anything, but maybe a little bit of change when you change how you talk about things or change how you approach things or just give you something it's, to think about. Right. <laughs> it, it's it's something more that is uh, geared towards personal introspection. And also understanding your partner maybe a little bit yeah. if they're willing to go on that part of the journey with you. True. You, I Be careful. Be careful when you read about a thing a type of person, a way of being, a diagnosis, and applying it to other people. (laughs) Just saying, be careful. So we are not, we are in no way experts on this. I would love if anybody uh, works in the field of psychology or therapy or wherever relationship attachment styles get discussed in a professional, educational way. If you've got resources, especially books, that I'm kind of interested in this now that I've seen it, um, but I, we don't know enough about it. We're not experts. We're not diagnosing anybody. Mm-hmm. We just want to like talk about it in terms of our power exchange, sure. power exchange in general. Disclosure, disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. <laughs> also, I said it earlier. I'm going to say it again. This will probably be a very chaotic episode. I apologize now. <laughs> okay, so what are relationship attachment styles? Mm. So I had to go and look this up. I can't even remember how, I think I saw a term used on something and I went, what is that? And then I Googled relationship attachment style and came up with a whole tre- treasure trove. Um, 
of information. I'm reading from Psychology Today, a 2015 uh, article, um, and it's about interpersonal attachment styles and how it affects your relationship. It's They mentioned the people who um, came up with the idea of this, and they talk about mm -hmm. four adult attachment styles, secure, anxious, preoccupied, dismissive, avoidant, and fearful avoidant. Um, and they say most people have various degrees of the four attachment styles, which may change over time. And I read this mm -hmm. after I read the other things that I was reading. Yeah. And the other things I was reading were making me angry. <laughs> because they talked about these attachment styles as this is who you are based solely on your childhood and you have to work really hard mm, to overcome it. Yeah, that you. I think is also true. But also it acted like once you have this style, this is always the style you have. And I just got mad. I didn't like that. Yeah. Because I was reading through one attachment style and went, wait, that's you and I. You'll mm -hmm. know it when I start reading it. And then I was reading through another one and I went, oh God, that was me and my ex. Oh my God, that was awful. And, and that was the first thing that kind of came <laughs> to my mind in this. It's like, you know, nothing is ever set in stone. People change over time, mm -hmm. you know, whether you know, however it may come about, we all change. I am not the same person I was when I was in my teens. I'm not the same person I was in when I was in my 20s, mm -hmm. okay? And and I think all of us can pretty much say the same. Mm -hmm. And then you add in relationships, and I, I think in as far as relationships go, you know, you are going to have different aspects depending on the person you're with. Depending on the person you're with, depending on where you're at in life, depending on what's yeah. going on in your life at the time. So the idea of a relationship attachment style, the the theory based on what I'm gleaming, gleaming from the internet, like I said, if you're an expert on these things, mm -hmm. drop some resources because I'd, I'd love to learn more about it. But um, it's about how we develop an attachment to our primary caregivers when we're babies, we're infants and children, yeah. that tends to remain with us as we get older. And then um, they say that the uh, our, whatever our attachment style is affects not only our emotional development, but also our relationships as we get older. Mm -hmm. um, and I that makes sense to me. I mean, how the caregivers in your life treated you when, in your most formative years absolutely will have an impact on you. That makes total, total sense to me. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm here for it. Um, I do, I'm, I'm giving side eye to any resource that just says this is who you are because I, that part, I, in reading just the descriptions, I was like, no, that's not true. So let's start with secure. Okay. It is, based on everything I've read, it is like, like the ideal. It's the healthiest, air quotes around that word, it's the healthiest. <laughs> and... Um, it was the, um, the thing that made me kind of go, oh yeah, this is our relationship, <laughs> but I'm not, I would, I couldn't get behind the whole, this is how I am with the relationships because my childhood was great. My childhood, like most people, my childhood was not great. It has some issues I'm dealing with. So I was like, how did we get here? So that's kind of my mm -hmm. interest in the conversation. So this is a, a secure attachment style. Um, they, in this Psychology Today article, I will link to all this stuff um, so you can read it for yourself. Um, it shows most of these traits most of the time, basically. Nobody's perfect, nobody's, mm -hmm. you know, always, but um, that you're capable of conveying emotions appropriately and constructively. 
Um, you're capable of sending and receiving healthy expressions of intimacy. Mm, mm. Last time we did that. See, we're already lacking here. Uh, you're capable of drawing healthy, appropriate, reasonable boundaries when required. Hi. Hi, my kinksters out there. Boundaries. Yeah. When required. Let, mm-hmm. Let's get on that. Uh, you feel secure being alone as well as with a companion. Uh, you tend to have a positive view of relationships and personal interactions. Uh, more likely to handle interpersonal difficulties in stride. You discuss issues to solve problems rather than to attack a person. Yes. Uh, resiliency in the face of relational dissolution. You know, when you break up. You're capable of grieving, learning, and moving on. Um, so I read that and I went... Well, if I have to think about who I am, that is who I am with you. And then, of mm-hmm. course, in the way that our minds kind of sometimes want to do this, I think everybody has a different experience. But I was like, surely I was like this with everybody. No. No. And mm-hmm. the first thing I thought about was, because I, I started thinking in terms of, okay, my relationship with my parents. And I was like, well, my relationship with my mom is was and is always strong. Dad less so. We're not getting into that. I didn't do trigger warning, so we're not getting into any of that. But... I was like, okay, so if this is about my caregiver attachment, is this because I have a good relationship with my mom? And then I was like, I don't think so. This is for me and I'm not an expert. Uh, I think it's because the relationship I have with you mm-hmm. and who we are together as well as who you are as an individual allows me to do this. Because this description of the secure attachment style mm-hmm. is to me like our the best version of ourselves. The best version of when things are going mostly okay, doesn't mean there's not problems, but you're mostly secure just in life, then it is easier yeah. to have resiliency. It is easier to be intimate. Well, I, I think the key word in this mm-hmm. is secure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right? Because in order to have most of that or be able to you know, to feel those things, Mm -hmm. you have to feel secure. Mm -hmm. When you feel secure, you allow yourself to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I definitely want to do an episode on vulnerability if we Mm -hmm. haven't already. So, you know, it, you, you have that, you have the security, you're allowed to be vulnerable without fear of judgment. And, and those other things can kind of fall into place. And I, speaking from it, about it, through a power exchange lens, and I this is not just because I'm submissive, but because I am submissive, what I can say is that I feel safe and I trust in you and also us as an entity mm-hmm. that being secure in my boundaries is easy. Being able to be alone when before, before the plague, y'all, <laughs> when you would go off without me. And especially, and again, this is, our case and this is specific example the security i have within our relationship is how it has become easier and easier and easier over time to be in non-monogamous because i know you're coming home to me Mm -hmm. you're gonna go off and have those adventures and i don't have to be a part of them because i have my own internal world that i'm you know perfectly fine and also i don't want to leave the house i'm an indoor cat um but i also over time learned how to feel more secure in the love you we feel for one another so mm-hmm. that I don't feel um I no longer feel as insecure as I did in the beginning okay. when you care deeply for another person now I am not saying that um 
only secure attachment people, whatever, can do non-monogamy or that um, non-monogamy is, you know, that, that that's not a blanket statement. Yeah. It's just me interpreting this definition that I identify with through mm-hmm. that lens. So just, just y'all just know this is about m- m- me and JB right. and anybody else. <laughs> I do think that what I like about that is if you can see that part of yourself, that definition in your current relationship, dom or sub, I think that's where it gets easier to handle conflict, to speak up and go, I know I know, we were going to try that kink, but I don't like that kink, or that didn't feel good, or it's how, for me, 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 in mid-scene, I can say, that landed wrong. Now, we're supposed mm-hmm. to be in the moment. I was supposed to be my best subby self. And the paddle or the hand or the flogger or the whatever comes down in the wrong spot. And without, like, I don't bite my tongue anymore. There was a time, early days. I, I wasn't sure. What should I do? Mm-hmm. I, what that This shows the complexities of life. This is not just about our relationship attachment style. This is about security of self, our sense of self, how, you know how much we trust ourselves and our partner. Mm-hmm. But I know there was a time I would have waited, I would have endured it or safe worded and then told you later, hey, hey, that landed wrong. And now I know I can give you that feedback because I know you can accept that feedback. Because you know I'm going to accept it and and I'm going, you know, to work within that mm-hmm. to make it mm-hmm. better. Because I know that you respect my boundaries. I know that you want mm-hmm. this to be a good outcome for both of us. I know that you are capable of hearing me say something that's critical without it, without taking it personal. Does that mean that I could not personally criticize you and say something mean to you about you? Sure, I try really hard never to do that. <laughs> that's not who I want to be. <laughs> but I can say that a thing did not work and you accept that in stride of, okay, let me just adjust this so it's better next time. It's not personal Mm -hmm. when I do that. And those little things that to me, clearly based on this definition, come under that relationship attachment style aren't about the relationship attachment style. They're about who we are as people together at this stage in our life that happens based on this definition to translate into this kind of attachment style. Mm -hmm. But I don't want anybody to get it twisted. I have been in relationships where this was not my experience. (laughs) So let's go on. This is like the ideal. This is like, hey, things are, things are not bad. If you can get here with one another, you're pretty, you're doing pretty good. Cause then you can sort of ride the waves together, face the storms together, Mm -hmm. get mad at one another and then be not angry, you know, those kinds of things. So let's get into the ones where I feel there were there was a time <laughs> that um, I have now. It's funny because in some of these I didn't relate at all, but I have gotten enough emails from enough of you that I went, oh, some people are going to relate. So the next one in this list is anxious, preoccupied attachment style. So here are some of the characteristics that tend to manifest on a regular basis. So. Um, inclined to feel more nervous and less secure about relationships in general, inclined to have many stressors in relationships based on both real and imagined happenings, the the things that are actually happening and the things you think might happen. Ooh, yeah, yeah, I know, I, yeah, know a few of you out there like that. These stressors can manifest themselves through a variety of possible issues such as neediness, possessiveness, jealousy, control, mood swings, oversensitivity, obsessiveness, etc. 
Uh, it's that whole what if in yourself to death. You're like you, what if this is happening? What if that's happening? And then how I, the way I interpret this, then how you behave based on those fears you have. Uh, reluctant to give people the benefit of the doubt, tendency for automatic negative thinking when interpreting others' intentions, words, and actions, mm -hmm. requires constant stroking of love and validation to feel secure and accepted, responds negatively when not provided with regular positive reinforcement, <clears throat> drama-oriented, um, I think what they mean by that, based on what they're saying, constantly working on and sometimes inventing relationship issues in order to seek validation, reassurance, and acceptance. Some feel more comfortable with stormy relationships than calm and peaceful ones. Dislike being without company, struggle being by oneself, history of emotionally turbulent relationships. Do you know what I hear in a lot of that? What? Bad tapes, bad tapes, bad tapes. Yeah, you're, yeah, and I'm not saying if you have bad yeah. tapes, you have this relationship attachment style. Not at all, but like a lot of those things, kind of they they kind of come together a little hands bit. They, with one they, they they have a, a common ground. What happened to you? If you're new here, the way we what we call a bad tape is the things that happened to you in the past. We usually relate it to past relationships, like mm -hmm. romantic relationships. But it could be past for any reason that you see a similarity between now real or imagined and right. you re react as if it is that past experience so you're mad at somebody for saying something in a tone this is what happens to me all the time you use a tone with me that reminds me of a not great time in life and i react to you as, as if it was that, that time past. back then yeah. and i'm not reacting to the situation in the moment um clearly there's a lot more going on mm -hmm. now there's something in here in this one that kind of made me go oh i don't i don't feel comfortable with that one which is requires constant stroking of love and validation to feel secure and accepted i, I understand that as a a statement that exists in the world and yes people do need that i also think that I think from my experience, there might be a line where, and maybe the line is gonna be different for everybody. I don't think there's anything wrong with seeking love and validation, especially if you recognize within yourself that you have not gotten it in the way you need it. Maybe you, mm -hmm. maybe you know your love language. Maybe you just know yourself enough to go, I, I do need this, this is important to me. Maybe you even know why it's important to you. But I, I, I don't know what the threshold is between you should be able to seek love and validation without feeling like it's pathologized versus, okay, now we've gone over a deep end and maybe it's a little yeah. too much. I do wonder if it's more about how you feel when you don't get it the moment you need it. And if it's a, if it's one of those situations where you needed it right this second and because you didn't get it right this second, you've invalidated all the times previously that you've already gotten it. like. I have said, mm. not in that this particular example, but I have absolutely used the, I never have that when really like two days ago I had all of that. And I do know people, who, I speak in hyperbole. I'm a writer, y'all. I, 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 I worry that everything I say is an exaggeration to make the story better. So I know that there are people who do that. And I, I'm curious, is that line between too much validation is it going to be personal to, I'm sure it's going to be personal to everybody because sure. I wouldn't want anybody who wants to hear, I love you. I need you. You're a good girl. You're a good boy. Like whatever your thing is, thank you, daddy. Like I wouldn't want anybody who does need that to not get it because now they're like, uh Oh, I have this relationship attachment style problem like that. Mm -mm. 
Mm. <laughs> the one thing I will I will say the one thing that that really did because I was thinking of some people mm-hmm. um, constantly working on and sometimes inventing relationship issues. And that sentence by itself, the inventing, that's a whole other thing. Constantly working on relationship issues. The constantly working on relationship issues by itself, not always a bad thing. There's always something to work on. But to seek validation, reassurance, and acceptance. Yeah, I think, yeah, I've been there mm-hmm. before. Oh, oh, we're not talking enough. We need to work on how we're not talking enough. We are totally talking just plenty, yeah. plenty. Um, and I think it, I think secure that first attachment style is the right word not feeling safe in this relationship is going to manifest itself in many ways the thing i'm curious about is if i don't feel safe in a relationship and so then i behave in these ways that this is talking about Mm -hmm. is it because of something within me or is there something going on in the relationship at large that's not allowing me to feel secure in the relationship Mm. do i have a partner who's like not following through on what they've said they were going to do. And so I now have questions. Do I have a partner that's ghosting me every other week? Like they text me and email me and call me every day for a week. And then I don't hear from them for a week after, but I don't know why I'm not hearing from them. Like how much of this is internal? How much of this is external? Inquiring minds want to know. And I would almost say, I'm going to be flippant here. Okay. If you read that or hear that and you're like, yeah, I think that's me, that's me. And yet you can list all the shitty things a partner has done, all the red flags. This is usually in retrospect after the relationship has ended. I'm thinking it's not you, it's the it's the shitty partner. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, because yeah. I think there's a little bit of that too. It's we have the choice and get to make the decision about what relationships we're in. And yes, sometimes we are sure. just picking partners who are not right for us. And so then we are manifesting these behaviors for different reasons. But I, I worry, like, how do you don't blame yourself and say you have this bad attachment style when maybe you're dating an asshole. I just I feel like that's important. It can be to either, think about. Yeah, it, yeah. Especially, and we bring it back to power exchange. It is not always like this, but I'm using this as an example because it's what I see the most of. If you are with a wannabe fake asshole dom who's just waving a bouquet of red flags just like a parade going down the road with all their red flags <laughs> floats of red flags behind them <laughs> one i mean i want to hug you and go okay can we not can we can we see the red flags before they arrive but um <laughs> if that's who you're with i don't want you to go around blaming yourself for feeling insecure what you know i mean that's the thing i see are these doms who they tell their submissives, well, I can do what I want because I'm the dom. And then what they do, right, I know, we know that's bullshit. But then what they do is they don't text you back or they don't follow through or they, they gaslight you or they just do mm-hmm. these things that make you question your own freaking sanity. Well, I, hell yeah, you're not secure in that relationship attachment style. Jesus Christ. What the fuck? So <laughs> I guess my concern <laughs> about some of this even though I'm the one that brought it to your attention, is that we got to find ways to separate. Is this internal to me and my behavior or am I just dating an asshole? (laughs) I just, I just, I want, if you're, if you, if you identified with all of those things that we just said under that, um, which one was it called? The anxious preoccupied attachment style. Mm -hmm. Do a quick check. Are you 
in a power exchange with an asshole. Because that could be the problem, is all I'm saying. Okay, next dial. You knew this episode was made for ranting, right? Okay. okay. Yeah, no, when, when, when you told me about this... And what? Yeah, like I'm. I'm just gonna sit back and let you go because you're you're just gonna you're you're just gonna flow with it. So on this next one, this is where I felt called out. I felt I felt seen in the worst possible way. It's called the dismissive avoidant attachment style. And I'll be curious if you recognize any of these things in me, even though our relationship falls under the secure. Mm. Okay. Because, whoo, it was like looking in the mirror, y'all. Okay, so strong, dismissive, avoidant attachment style. These are the traits. Highly self-directed and self-sufficient, independent behaviorally and emotionally. Hmm. Avoid true intimacy, which makes one vulnerable and may subject the person to emotional obligations. This one was ironic because they were not talking about kink, but here we go. Desire freedom physically and emotionally. The example they give, no one puts a collar on me. Uh, pushes away those who get too close. Mm. Uh, the example they give is saying something like, I need room to breathe. Uh, yeah. Other priorities in life often supersede a romantic relationship, such as work, social life, personal projects and passions, travel, fun, blah, blah, blah. In these situations, the partner is frequently excluded or holds only a marginal presence. Uh, many have commitment issues. Some prefer to be single than to settle down. Even in committed relationships, they prize autonomy above much else. Uh, may have many acquaintances, but few truly close relationships. Some may be passive aggressive and or narcissistic. Okay, so first of all, not all of this sounds bad to me. <laughs> Here. Other priorities in life can sometimes supersede a romantic relationship. You know what? If you're not currently in a relationship and you got this other shit going on, like your work, your well, not travel, it's a plague, but your personal projects and things that you love, I think that's freaking okay. Can we not be fully formed human beings without the need for a relationship to somehow make us whole? This is a thing I'd like to say. However, <laughs> when you're in a relationship uh, and all of that supersedes the person you claim to love, that uh, that's how you get a divorce to husband number one well that's not how there were so many reasons why i divorced that man but that is part of how that manifested everything was more important than that relationship for me though because i gave up on that relationship i had already yeah. busted my ass to make it work and it wasn't working so i was like well i got other shit to do but i do notice that when things get stressful for me mm -hmm. i got other shit to do Yes. yes. <laughs> that's just my style. Yep. But yeah, I read through that and went, oh, yes, that's the first marriage and every relationship up until John Brownstone. Which that was when I started questioning this as an attachment style that's based solely on how you were raised. And mm. here's why. That is my default in a not healthy relationship. But in, and I mean, healthy is kind of... Uh, a, a nebulous word because okay. it's what that looks like for others is going to be different. But based on this definition of the secure attached relationship mm -hmm. style, that's what you and I have. I would have loved to have had that with every other partner I ever had, but for m multitudes of reasons didn't. So mm -hmm. this was my default and it is still my default. It's my default with friendships too. Like I, the friends I have that I consider close it took a long time to get the, it was either instantaneous because it was like the vibe or yeah. it took a long time. Molly Moore is one of my closest friends these days. We knew each other for literal years before we got to the place we're at right now. True. Whereas my best friend who lives in Mississippi, 
Uh, we met at work one day, and by the end of the day, we're attached to the freaking hip. Like, we just got each other. Mm-hmm. But outside of those vibe kind of things, I don't make friends easily. I don't really want to be around people. I don't know. We've talked about this a few times, <laughs> y'all. Um, I would not say I have commitment issues, but I have trust issues. Yes. And if I can't trust you, I can't commit to you. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think that's a bad trait. <laughs> Again, this is me personally, and others will have their own reasons for if they if you relate to this, why you relate to this. But being highly self-directed and self-sufficient, I'm sorry, that's usually a prized trait when you want to get shit done. Mm-hmm. Like, just tell me what you want and let me go. The hell, self-directed and self-sufficient, not bad for a submissive either. Tell me what the fuck you want, I'll get it done. I mean, maybe don't tell me how you want it done, because then I'll be like, well, I don't think you're doing it right. Oh, well. <laughs> Maybe just this submissive is like that. <laughs> but yeah. again, but again <laughs> the, our relationship, you earned my trust. I know I'm True. safe with you. And mm-hmm. I trust your judgment. So when you tell me this is how I want something done, even if I don't always understand it, and we do tease one another about you're washing the dishes wrong, you're not doing the dishwasher mm-hmm. right. Like that's a back and forth tease what we do. But when you tell me how you want something done, I have enough faith in you and in our power exchange to go, okay, I might not see right. the purpose, but I can... But if I don't have that faith in the other person, and that's yeah. and that might be my problem with some of this, because again, as somebody who was this way in my first marriage and then several relationships prior to and after that, if you identify with this, do a check. Is it you? Are you with an asshole? I just, I feel like, I mean, it is you even when you are with the asshole because that's a choice you're making. You're with an asshole. Do you know why you're making that choice? Sometimes we make that choice because that's the best the best option for right now. Sometimes you yeah. stay because it's the best option for right now. But just know yourself. Like it's not, is it always internal and we are the problem or is it sometimes the people around us who are the problem? And this is how we react to those people. Mm-hmm. This is how I react um, in bad relationships. <laughs> and this is how I react m- much of this, not all of it, but much of it in high stress situations. This is who I was during my divorce, too. I I didn't want real intimacy. No, there was no being vulnerable. And I worked through it. And everything took precedence over me thinking about how I felt emotionally about relationships and the end of a relationship. So I worked through it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, I guess if I didn't have you, I'm dismissive of (laughs) it. And I, that's, see, that's where I go back. That's why I kind of wish, you know, can I, does anybody drop some good resources? Because is being in a relationship with the right person for us what helps us move out of and then i want to be careful there our partner should not have to do all of the heavy lifting to make us quote better or whole or whatever Mm -hmm. but if i have the freedom to be my highest and best self to be self-actualized um i can be in that secure relationship attachment style see so the fourth one is the final one, fearful avoidant. Okay. Okay. Um, this one I, 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 felt, I felt a little connection to as well. Um, this one I do feel like could be more related to, I mean, I, I don't just, I'm not disputing that everything's related to our early childhood, but this one feels more like, oh, I get how this could be related to early childhood. So let's just go through it. 
It's uh, fearful avoidant. It's often associated with highly challenging life experiences, such as grief, abandonment, and abuse. Uh, desire, but simultaneously resist intimacy, mm. much inner conflict. Okay, I'm starting to feel called out again. Uh, struggle with having confidence in and relying on others. Okay, I'm feeling seen. Uh, fear, annihilation, physically and or emotionally in loving, intimate situations. Okay, I feel we've been down this path before. <laughs> Similarly to the anxious, preoccupied style, suspicious of others' intentions, words, and actions. Okay. Uh, similar to the dismissive avoidance style, pushes people away and have few genuinely close relationships. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> <laughs> now, the one thing that this article said, and this is the second time they said it, that, uh, and it's, it was the second time I read it, I mean, that most people have varying degrees of the different attachment styles. Sure. And they can change over time. And to me, that goes back to a lot of things. So what reminds me of a past situation? What's a bad tape, right? Um, if you remind me of my ex-husband, I'm going to react to you as if, like, I know <laughs> me. And it's going to be that um, dismissive avoidant. Like, I, that was 12 year, long years of my life, y'all. Yeah. Um, but the fearful avoidant, I, yeah, I've been there. I've been there post-breakup. How many conversations did we have mm -hmm. when we were first getting with another and I was like, you're going to leave. You're going to leave. Everybody leaves. So you can go go ahead mm -hmm. and leave. I'm not getting attached to you because you're going to leave. Also, my walls are many feet thick. Here's a small chisel. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. You are like dripping water that over time will wear through. But yeah. Just real gentle and consistent. Mm -hmm. And again, to come, come away from that and feel safe enough to have what we have now, I had to be willing to make take a leap of faith. I did. I, and I have said that in, uh, in other places about relationships before, about doing anything, starting my own business, relationships, power exchange. At some point, your fear of the worst your fear, your fear of not doing it has to be bigger than your fear of the worst that could happen. Yeah. And so you may, and sometimes you won't get there. Sometimes you can't overcome it. Maybe it's not the right person. It's not the right time. But facing the idea of not having you in my life, I, that bothered me so much. I could take the leap of faith. That leap of faith mm -hmm. was several months in coming though. It took a long time to get there. Yeah. <laughs> and you were so patient. Um, <laughs> But because I took that leap of faith away from the, what's this one's called what? The fearful avoidant. I never did <coughs> dismissive avoidant with you. Mm -mm. I did fearful avoidant. That's who I was when we were yeah. getting together. I was post breakup. It was not good. Um, that That's how I got there. My dismissive avoidant, weirdly, and this, I wonder, I, I wish I knew more about it. Cause this isn't power exchange, this is just relationship talk. I was tired of having a relationship that when I, that dismissive avoidant, that was me in my first marriage, every bit mm -hmm. of it. And I didn't want that anymore. I wanted a partnership. I wanted, I either was like, well, actually what I said was I can do bad by my damn self. And I was like, mm -hmm. if I've got to live this life as if I'm alone and I can't depend on my partner, mm -hmm. I'd rather just be alone and not depend on a partner. But all of that was manifested in that dismissive avoidant. 
those traits. That's who I was. And so then I went, well, then I clearly don't need you because I'm doing just fine by myself. You can go now. And uh, it was tough and I ultimately did fine by myself. But when I was ready for a relationship, especially as I figured out I was kinky, I was like, oh no, 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 dominant, dominant partners, dominant partners, that's who I want. That this is this is me at my highest and best self. I, I we all want a secure attachment relationship sure. because I met you post breakup with my first dom and DS breakups fucking suck. I was in a fearful avoidant attachment style that how much of it had to do with my childhood and how much of it had to do with heartbreak over that first power exchange yeah. relationship, I don't know. But I have, I mean, in four styles here, I have gone in between three of them, you know? And mm -hmm. it's, and I don't, well, I could dig deep and relate some of this to my childhood. Like I have enough understanding of self and my life and my situation to probably pinpoint some of that. Most of it is about how I'm interacting with the people that I'm in that relationship style with and for me personally, everybody will be different. Less, I think, to do with what happened to me as a kid. And I and I think I can say that because I seem to move fluidly between three relationship styles, maybe if you were a person who was always and only one attachment style, maybe then mm. the argument can be made that it's something from your formative years. But, but and, and again, now the fearful avoidant, I would say less than the the anxious and the dismissive. Those two, I'm like, make sure you're not dating an asshole, right? The fearful, I think you can you can still do that. You like, make sure you're not dating an asshole. But most of this feels like it's internal. Mm, These are about mm -hmm. our internal fears and the things that have happened to us and how we are dealing with them externally. I mean, still always always double check. Are are yeah. you with an asshole? But this, I mean, cause I, on a, on a really raw level post DS breakup, I was like, everybody leaves everybody. Cause see what had happened that, that first DS relationship prior to him, I kind of figured I was kinky, but I hadn't identified as submissive yet. Mm -hmm. And I'd been in a like highly charged sexual relationship with an, an old pseudo flame from high school, um, who was still an asshole at 30 something as he was at 17. Uh, <laughs> just more sophisticated with a car and his own house. Um, and so that had been, that had been like really exciting. And I'd been, I could see something happening cause it was, the heat was there, mm -hmm. but I was so enamored with the heat between us and the, the potential for the, the, the sex, not because I wasn't thinking about, excuse me, power exchange, that when he dropped me and basically ghosted me, I was devastated, but it, not in the same way. But on the heels of that dude is when I met the first Dom I was with and fully embraced that the power exchange mm -hmm. element. And then that breakup was, I thought I was over that first initial breakup, which wasn't really a breakup because we weren't really together, but it was a thing. And here was the second one. And both were at times when I was highly, was learning how to be in tune with who I was mm -hmm. sexually and in relationships. And so it felt particularly devastating. It was like, here I am trying to embody who I am on this level in this very intimate way. And I've been rejected by two people. And I internalized that as this is, it's me, people leave me. Uh which again, massive walls. Here's your very small chisel. Good luck. And you did, you made it. 
we we love perseverance. Um, <laughs> but again, the 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 idea that it goes back to your formative years. How I had t- my for me, my two parents were constant, imperfect as they were. They were constant. Some of the stuff I went through was not good, but at least I knew what to expect. And mm-hmm. yet, I can, I can move through three different styles. Now I'm curious. Mm-hmm. We both recognize I'm secu- we're secure in our current relationship. Yeah. We're that attachment style. Do you identify with any of the other three? I think the one I would have to say I identify with most is um, fearful avoidant. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I would say that about you. Yeah, I would say that about you. And. Can I can I uh, armchair diagnose you? <laughs> oh my! Okay, <laughs> not well, really you, a diagnosis. Well, but. you do have the. Uh, oh, the bachelors from college from twenty yes. years ago in psychology don't count for <laughs> shit, y'all. But knowing what you've told me about your past, mm-hmm. both your childhood and past relationships, yes, yeah, fearful of what it makes mm-hmm. sense. And for you, I can, I, and maybe it's because I'm too close to my own life. If other people knew my situation, they'd go, oh yeah, of course I see dismissive. Of course I see anxious. Of course I see fearful or whatever. But knowing what I know about you and how you have been treated, yeah. like shit, I totally, totally get that. Thank you mm-hmm. for like not being that way with me, quite frankly. <laughs> and I think that's the thing I want to, I, I know it to be true for us, but I want to caution it because, not because I don't think it's possible for other people, but because I think that if you go looking for this, then this is how you end up with somebody with an armload of red flags. I know my ability to be in this strong relationship with you and to be as, quote, secure, based on that definition as we are. Yes, a lot of it is me and how I'm choosing to behave and how I'm choosing to be in this relationship. But it is also because I am with a partner who is choosing the same thing and lets me feel safe to be who I am, allows me, Mm -hmm. earned my trust, built that between us and puts in the hard work. And so I think that while the quote, perfect partner can't fix you, I don't don't think that. Mm The right it, partner for you it's allows not, you that space. It, it's not a matter of fixing. It's a matter of allowing you to be your best self. Yeah. And is willing to go on that journey with you. Even yeah. because, you know, we, I talk about my bad tapes all the time. I get, I still to this day, I'll go that, uh, 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 I'm not that person. <laughs> yeah. That tape you, you right do. here, we're in the middle of it mm-hmm. because you have your own too. And that, I, we have said it many times. We'll keep saying it many times going forward. This is not a sub thing. It's not a dom thing. It's a people thing. Right. So for doms who may recognize, uh-oh, I, I exhibit this style or that style under stress or in a not great relationship mm-hmm. or whatever, um, you are not above needing the right partner, right, right partner for you to help you out of that or to help you work through that, to give you mm-hmm. that safe space to work through that. Nor are you above being vulnerable and open and and admitting that you've got bad tapes admitting that yeah like yeah. fearful avoidant you know i know way too many people doms yes but just people who would rather turn themselves inside out than to admit they could be scared of anything that they you know, have yeah. fears with intimacy or they can't be vulnerable or that they i know many people who would 
would be mad to be like get angry thinking that you they would be vulnerable in front of somebody mm-hmm. and I mean, I'm not quoting Brene Brown here, even though I adore her and love her. And why am I not listening to all her podcasts? I don't know. Or why don't I own all her books yet? I don't know. But I love (laughs) Brene Brown. And I do agree that when you can be vulnerable with somebody, when you are vulnerable with somebody who is safe to be vulnerable with, they've Mm, proven themselves safe to be vulnerable with, then you can grow. And that helps you find the path to figure out what your best self is to be the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you are fortunate enough to find that best version with a partner who is also trying to find their best version and, and there's some meshing in here, great. Um, can you do it on your own? Yes. Sometimes if you are seeing uh, that your, your relationship attachment style problems are mostly because you're dating an asshole, Maybe work on it on your own, but I don't think you have to. I think that also um, just sort of blows up the lie of you can't love somebody else and you can't, until you love yourself, you can't love anybody else. Well, that's some bullshit. You know, the the person who is right for you in this time of life, because it might not always be the same person forever and ever, is allows you to be vulnerable, allows you to work through it, as long as working through it does not make you an abusive asshole. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you do not use the caring, kind, open, accepting partner as a proverbial punching bag um, and or receptacle for all your problems. But I just, yeah, I, I was fascinated by this. I don't have any <laughs> um, wise words. I don't have any, this is what I think it means. I do think that for me, figuring out my power exchange self and what I need from a relationship and what mm-hmm. I want from a relationship and having the right partner for me. But figuring myself out in terms of kink allows me to be in a secure, attached relationship, have that relationship style. Because knowing yourself and, and being comfortable with yourself means it tends to be easier to set boundaries, to communicate your needs, to say, oh, you seem like a lovely human being, but you are not going to be able to provide for me what I need. Have a nice life. It's not a magic cure for anything, just being able to go, I know who I am. But it certainly doesn't hurt, and it definitely helps, I think. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I I think it does. Um, The... Being secure goes a long, long way mm-hmm. in that, in any relationship, mm-hmm. um, especially in a DS relationship. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. You have to be secure in a DS relationship because you have to feel safe because you are doing so many different things that that border on an edge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's so, okay. so much of what we do is we've got so much risk involved. Exactly. So you, you have to have that security. Mm-hmm. When you have that security, you're open to being vulnerable. You know, that, that's a funny thing because I, I can be vulnerable with you. Mm-hmm. I feel safe doing that with you. Mm-hmm. And there would be people that say, but you're 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 a dominant. You shouldn't be vulnerable. You you're, should always be in you control. You should be always in control, always <sighs> strong. Well, you know, always always in power. No, it doesn't work that way. And it really shouldn't. I mean, no. if 
it depends on the type of relationship you have. So some mm-hmm. power exchange relationships are more casual. They're not long-term committed relationships. You're play partners. You come together for very specific negotiated reasons. Mm-hmm. And within those contexts, then yes, you, you have your moments of vulnerability and openness, whatever. Yeah. In long-term loving relationships, marriage, not marriage, romantic, platonic, doesn't matter, but there's a long-term connection. 20, I would almost say, yeah, kind of a 24-7 thing, but not necessarily. If a dominant can't be vulnerable with their submissive partner and can't let down that guard a little bit mm-hmm. and admit that they don't have all the answers, that they're not always in control, that they have these emotions that maybe they don't like or they don't understand yeah. or they're going through some shit. Like that, to me, long-term will lead to problems because if you can't say it to that person, who the fuck can, can you say it to? Yeah. Now, you might and, be the type who's like, I don't say it to my submissive because I say it to my therapist. That is also, I think, and, a, a great way. But that, at, at yeah. least you're saying it to somebody. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, yeah, never. That's, yeah, <laughs> the, the thought train went off into a spiral. It's yeah, okay. it did. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It's I, okay. I, I think your chaotic is rubbing off on me. A oh, little it's bit. definitely catching. Yeah. It's definitely catching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hi, we're chaotic today. <laughs> um, I have no little tied up in a neat little bow conclusion to this. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about it because it was interesting to me. Oh, I do know what I wanted to point out, and it was Next, in my yeah. notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, where are you? Oh, oh God, the cookies warning on a website that takes up half the damn screen, we have the <laughs> issue. So, here is something that was interesting. While it was fine, kind of like going, what are relationship attachment styles? I went, wait, 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 has anybody talked about this in terms of kink before? Because one, I either want to be able to cite them as a reference point and go, mm-hmm. what did they think? How do I feel about that? I don't know. But two, if nobody's talking about it, okay. Well, in February of 2020, a survey study was published, and in order to read the entire survey, I would have to pay $40. We're just reading, reading the abstract and the basic conclusion. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to tell you. This study shows, but it was something to think about. So they, these sci- researchers did the psychology of kink, a survey study into the relationships of trauma and attachment style with BDSM interests. So it says this study will investigate to what extent BDSM interests are related to trauma and attachment style while differentiating between BDSM community practitioners and private practitioners. I really would like to read this paper, but I'm not spending $40 on. Um, (laughs) So they did a survey with people assessing BDSM interests. The results. Um, Both the community BDSM practitioners and the private practitioners, like I really would like to like know what they mean by that, reported higher levels of physical abuse in adulthood, but no significant differences emerged for other traumatic experiences, including childhood physical abuse or unwanted sexual trauma. Basically, um, just because you're into kink doesn't mean you had a bad childhood is how I am interpreting that. Surprisingly, I'm gonna put air quotes around this, BDSM practitioners had more secure and at the same time more anxious preoccupied attachment styles compared to non-practitioners. Besides secure attachment style was associated with dominance. This is the Hmm. part, part that I found interesting. Secure attachment style was associated with dominance, whereas the anxious avoidant attachment style was associated with submissiveness. Now, I don't think 
The only thing they said in their conclusions is, our findings do not support the hypothesis of BDSM being a maladaptive coping mechanism in response to early life dynamics. Basically, you're not automatically kinky or into BDSM because you had a rough childhood. Do those people exist? Of course they do, but that's mm -hmm. not why, like, that's what they're kind of seem to be saying. The thing that stood out to me was the dominance is associated with secure attachment style yeah. and anxious avoidant is associated with submissiveness. Now here's the thing. I'm not contending with their survey finds. Like I'm not, I'm not qualified to read this and like make any assessments based on the results, nor do I have all the information. What I would like to say is I hope nobody takes from that, that dominance are definitely secure and submissives are not. Mm -hmm. I wonder, I'm sure there's lots of factors, but I wonder not universally, but in general, people associate dominance with more comfort of self, mm. especially since if you think about it, depending on the circles you run in and the, the cultures you're in and blah, 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 many people, it, it's almost like it's more accepted for somebody to be dominant than to be submissive. Now that's not universally true. God knows there are plenty of people who still think women and other people who appear like are feminine in some way should be mm -hmm. submissive. We, that still exists. And then of course, dominant men have to worry about, no, actually you're an abuser. Those things exist. But dominance is equated so often with confidence and submissiveness is equated so often with a lack of confidence yeah. that I read that and I'm like, I would be, I would like to know more, but also, I would like to ask the submissives, have you checked to make sure you're just not with an asshole or, or that you have not been mm -hmm. dating people with the bouquet of red flags that you missed the first time around. And is, is this why it, it, how much of it is about your early childhood and how much of it is about your experiences as submissives in a kink world and potentially problematic and bad partners. Mm -hmm. But yeah, secure is, is dominance and anxious is submissives. And I was like, but I have questions. Yeah. <laughs> I have questions. Yeah. I, it's nice to see a study that tells us what most of us are already saying, which is my crappy childhood is not the reason I'm into cake. <laughs> <Are they things? laughs> my crappy childhood is not the reason I'm into cake. <laughs> so I'll put that out there. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. But I did in... in the searching around for this, I came across that and went, oh, well, okay. <laughs> so there we go. See how chaotic it was? I meant to talk about that at the top of this episode. See? It's been, <laughs> it's been a week. Right. Um, so, and if anybody is interested in um, that study, um, I did in, I know in the show notes I will, and I'm going to check the, um, uh, video description box. I believe I linked to it for anybody who wants to see it. If you're willing to pay the money to get it, if you have access, cause you have access to stuff like that. Cool. 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 Mm -hmm. uh, I do worry about, um, reading studies when you don't know how that stuff, I, I, when I say you, I mean me not knowing how studies work or how to interpret data because you could come to a conclusion that that's not what they meant or you could whatever, but also, I have questions about yeah, that. Sure. And if anybody is intimately familiar with that study, has read it, has studied the study or whatever, and you have thoughts, feel free to like chat about that at some point <laughs> because I mean, it was nice to see the one thing, but also we're talking about relationship attachment styles. Why? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have, because, I, and I know that, you know, most studies are fairly narrow in scope. They look for a thing and they might not look for the why. And so to me, I'm like, okay, if you didn't look for the why, like dominance or secure and submissives in general are the anxious, avoidant or whatever, okay, I need somebody to do the study to find out why. Mm-hmm. And is it about our childhoods or is it about the encounters we're having in a community or a lifestyle or relationships mm-hmm. or is it is it where we are at this point in life too? Because if you had asked me about relationships and how I feel about them and how I in, engage with them when I was married the first time, you would have gotten completely different responses, I think, for me than if you asked me now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not just because yeah. of different relationships, but also 20 years difference. I'm a life experience. Right. So yeah. I like, I have questions. So I don't know if that helped anybody. <laughs> I'll, I'm begging. I'm going to say this mm. the second time. Please do not send me the list of behaviors of yourself or your partner and ask me to tell you what relationship style I think you have. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not qualified to answer and I'm not going to tell you. If you can identify with any of these things and you perceive it as not something you would like to change about yourself or your relationship, then I would uh, encourage you to look deeper into it, learn more, um, find somebody to talk to who is a professional, something. Um, but I do think my opinion based on my experience is that absolutely they can change. And I do think who you're mm-hmm. with and the partner you're with can make a big difference. Big difference. Yeah. That's, I agree. That's my end conclusion. Mm-hmm. So, so all of that, I have a headache. This chaotic energy is like, mm-hmm, okay. So we're going to be done now, <laughs> right? We're going to do our bonus section. Are we good? Uh, probably not. <laughs> Keep it kinky, y'all. And we'll see you. Actually, if you come to visit us on Friday night, we'll see you Friday night. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Daddy. Yes, baby girl. Can I talk to the crickets? You've been talking for the better part of an hour. Well, Considering what we went through to record the video before this uh, podcast recording, I've been talking to folks for like two hours. You have. I, you would think I have nothing left to say. It's all chaotic. I don't even know what I have to say. I hate weeks like this. <laughs> I hate weeks that are so chaotic. I hate it. <laughs> Go ahead. Talk Thank to you, Daddy. Oh, my God. And, and I'll be right back, folks. Not, um, not going to lie. I could hear... The kids are on spring break, and I could hear... Uh, in the kitchen? In the kitchen. Yeah. I was like, mm, don't say that word you were going to say. <laughs> um, what is our emoji of the week? I'm just now thinking about it, and I know there are emojis that show, like, couples, like two people. Um, whichever your favorite emoji uh, is for that, um, the two people kind of coupley one, use that one. Um, so... But, yeah, um, hi, we're here. What have I got? Uh, the cats are good. Lola's good. She's got a vet appointment tomorrow, Thursday, for podcast listeners. For you, it'll be yesterday. For the rest of us, it's tomorrow. Oh, God, we're time traveling. Um, she's got to go get, like, I don't know if it's an allergy shot, but it is a shot of medicine they give her that keeps her from scratching so much because of her allergies for up to eight weeks. Yeah. And hers has definitely worn off. Oh, Poor yes. baby. 
and we're gonna ha let them do her nails and um, trim them down for us because when we try, uh, we hesitate too much. And also, she's got a couple of cracked ones, and I'm afraid to touch. Yeah. So we're gonna let professional. And I, I've, I've kind of got. I think it's. I think her nails get like that because of the way she walks, because of her leg. Mm -hmm. that she walks off balance so yes. I, I think that's just something that's that's going to be with her and we have to kind of you know yeah. keep an eye on that but i think if they get it down to mm -hmm. a level that's safe that they're right. qualified opinion then we can keep them that way i think if she'll let us we'll see uh yeah kids mm -hmm. are on spring break this week yep. so i've been getting to sleep in a little bit which has been nice you have uh -huh. which when i say sleep in instead of 6 a.m 7 a.m uh, so, you know, that's in, that's sleeping in. I, I like it. I actually would prefer a 7 a.m. wake up. If like that could be my time to wake up, I'd be super yeah. happy. That is not my life. I still wake up normal time. Yeah, I know. Except not today. Not today. Not today. Um, what else is going on? We rearranged the office, finished yes. rearranging the office. Mm -hmm. Um, I really should take some pictures because we've got some cool stuff up on the wall. Yeah. We do. I, I um, think we're, we're a good step closer to doing that office tour that people keep asking for. That I promised when we yeah. moved in here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Actually, I do feel a lot closer to it there, you know, because anything that's not where it needs to be is just because we haven't put it away, not because we don't have a thing to put it in. Right. Um, what else is going on? I, th this has been a weird, weird, weird week for me. Um, been doing some stuff out in the shop this week, but, um, I don't know, the biggest thing, I've, I've been taking the boy for driving lessons, the that's oldest. That's right, that's right, driving lessons. Took him out for almost an hour last night, we'll be going out again this evening. Yeah, the nice thing about the time change, it's, uh, yeah. lighter later. Lighter later, so, um, after dinner, we're, we're going out, we're going out again this evening after dinner. And I'm not. I'm staying inside where I belong. My natural <laughs> habitat. Your time's coming. I know. I probably will do it this weekend. Probably. Thank you. So, um, <laughs> so I mean, I've, I've been doing that, but, you know. Yeah, it's been a fairly quiet mm -hmm. week. I mean, our biggest kerfuffle was over the weekend, which we've already mentioned, which yeah. I'm not bringing up again right now. Thanks. And, um, uh, but, yeah. I've, I've been, I've been interspersing some yard work. Yeah, in you have. My, now it's kind of getting down to the wire for us. We uh heading into our warm season. I want to get this stuff done before it gets too hot. Yeah. And I don't want to do yard work. <laughs> I know, which that's funny because going into the hot season, we have to mow the lawn every week. Well, There's that's no choice, yeah. so you have to do yard work. But I'm I'm talking about heavy trimming, sure, you know, sure. and Putting in yeah. a few new plants and things like that. That stuff I want done before it gets too hot. That's true. You that know, is true. I, I fertilize the lawn. Um, I'm going to have to do a weed treatment here soon. The joys of home ownership. I know. But right? we're doing right? other things. Yeah. So I, I think we said last week, I think we talked about last week, we got new lighting in our kitchen. We can finally see yeah. the counters. And then our goal, our project this coming month, is to get a new garage door opener. The garage door is fine, which is the most expensive mm -hmm. part. We don't need to replace that, thank God. But the garage door opener, the mechanism, it's, doesn't it's, always want to. It, it's old and struggles. Old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, home ownership, yay. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But, yeah. We're just kind of doing our thing. Yep. I don't have anything interesting. Mm, no, it's it's just just kind of <laughs> plugging along, you know. Yeah, I mean it's it's nice that it's not too chaotic. Maybe I need the, the there's not enough chaos in our life, so I had to 
emanate in the episode. <laughs> I was so proud of figuring out this uh, this week's topic. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is what we're going to talk about. This is going to be great. Let me go pull my research. It's going to be great. And then we recorded Kinky Book Club video, which goes out not this Friday of this week's topic, but the following Friday. And um, that recording was rough. Yeah, it was. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I could just feel the chaos swirling in my brain like, what are words? What order do you put them in? Why can't you remind, remember to stop, scratch your nose, and then speak so you can edit it? So I'm like clawing at my face. Because Think how scared <laughs> I felt. You're the word person. Oh, I'd be like, this is a book. I read the book. It was a good book. Read it. You know what? We'd probably get more views on our videos if we just went with that. The word lady's gonna word until people's eyes glaze over. You know, I know why my nose is all itchy. We took Lola. Normally she gets oh, a midday yeah. walk, but that's when we're streaming. So we t on Wednesdays we take her for an early morning walk, and the wind, the breeze, the spring-like weather is so it's wonderful. It's beautiful right it's now. It's gorgeous, and the weather's great. But we could literally see the pollen coming off of the trees. Yeah, you, and we you were could, walking you, into you could, it. You could see the 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 specks of pollen hanging in the air. God. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we we're walking down our street, and you, it was just this like sheet of yellow going back and we walked mm -hmm. right into it and I was like oh my god we're gonna have headaches or sinuses my throat does hurt but I've also been talking for two hours so that could be it and then we turned on the little side street we like and it was leaves and it was flower petals and it was beautiful it was yeah. picturesque but it was like mm -hmm. landing all over. <laughs> like uh, this is not what they tell you about like these beautiful spring days you know, I'm used to my car which is technically white looking yellow at this time of year because yeah. of the pollen. I was like, if we stay outside too long, we are going to be yellow <laughs> from all the pollen. <sighs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I feel, yeah, and uh, love all the uh, the jokes and the cracks about, oh, this is, this is less, somehow more chaotic than normal. Yes. Because yeah. normally it's chaotic, but I at least in my head know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> not this week, y'all. Not this week. Um, yeah. as, soon as, as soon as we're we're done here, I'm off to grab myself a claret, and I forgot to take oh, one. That's why yeah. my eyes are watery. And I'll probably have to take one. I have to be careful mess. when I take a claret in because they make me dizzy, and so I can't drive after I take one, and I just no. need to be si sitting down. Um, my headache's not so bad that I need one. Because it's usually, I get a real bad sinus pressure headache. But no, I am, um, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> Probably finish playing with my cricket because I'm printing things. Yep. That we will be talking about soon. Just not this week. Um, yeah, that's us. Mm -hmm. I think that's enough. Yeah. Uh, if you're new here, one, I apologize. But two, also, yes, it's like this all the time. <laughs> so it's fine. A little more um, so today than most. But, you know, hey. Take, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't eaten lunch yet, so because mm -hmm. we were like, "Oh, we got this uh, book club video. We look at through it. There's not as much to say as there was that one time. It'll be fine." Yeah, <laughs> and then that's why we slid into the live stream like yeah. half a second before it was supposed to start. Mm -hmm. So I didn't eat lunch. 
I, I probably need something to eat. Yeah. I need a snack. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go. We love you guys. Mm-hmm. Thanks for, Thanks for listening. Joining Thanks for watching. Thanks for being present in whatever way you were present. Um, emoji of the week is the relationship, the couple one where they put the two and it's usually like in a square kind of thing. Y'all know, y'all know. If you don't know, it'll be in the subject line of this week's newsletter. Also, the <laughs> hangout is Friday if you want to join us for mm-hmm. that. It's chaotic, but it's chaotic on purpose. Like it's meant to be chaotic. Uh, it's not meant <laughs> to be helpful at all. Um... And yeah, that's us till next week then. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. We love you guys. Bye. Bye.